0: all right welcome back to the podcast everybody uh, on this episode we have daniel Velichki. daniel is a croatian entrepreneur who moved to the us where he created and runs a successful company to help people achieve financial wellness in this episode we're going to hear some stories about life in zagreb during the war uh, why he left and how he beat the odds and started a successful business in the us uh, daniel thanks for coming on the podcast
1: hey man thank you very much
0: yeah it's a pleasure to have you on um you know, I read that you you left Croatia with 40 bucks in your pocket and a Walkman. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's a little dated nowadays, but uh, you know, I definitely want to talk about that. But before we get there, you know, can you tell us a little bit about before you left, you know, what was sort of growing up like for you in Zagreb?
1: Yeah, so, and I, I really, I got to tell you, man, I watched all your podcasts and, you know, the people that you had on here, I was like, I'm I'm pretty honored to be here, man. This is pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you got some amazing people on. So this is this is fantastic. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean I, you know, I was born in 77, so I'm 45, and um obviously I I think I lived like in the best years of Zagreb, which were you know the eighties and nineties, and you know, we had an awesome time. We had Kulushic, we had best, we had all the all the best places to go. And uh, you know, things were pretty great. My dad was an auto electrician. My mom worked in, uh, um, consume, uh, she kind of managed a couple of stores and stuff. So, you know, she came from, uh, from the village right I of Zagreb in, uh, Dubrava. Um, so, you know, all, most of the summers I would be in my grandparents' place with no running water, just a, a well and cows and pigs and all that. And a lot of soccer every day with the guys. And, and then, um, you know, I went to, I'm pretty much from like the center center of Zagreb. Like it takes me seven minutes walking from my apartment to the main square, um, right in Vlaska. So, you know, I went to elementary school there and it was awesome. Um, you know, we played handball and soccer and all the things. Um, and then got into the uh, um, the high school for tourism and health management, which was kind of like the, one of the top schools, obviously, because Croatia is awesome and, and, you know, tourism wise. Um, and then yeah, I got an opportunity to do a foreign exchange program, and that's when I um went to the US. So that's kind of like the little the little time. Um, you know, I was 18 when I left Croatia. So I lived quite a bit of time, obviously, and Zagreb um was part of Mideken for a couple of years with Sion Bangura and Hamid and all those guys. And that was a that was a blast. So I had an interesting, interesting Zagreb life. It was it was pretty great.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I mean you know having such a, a life like that, and then, you know, going into ninety one, of course, uh, with the war and everything happening there, was that something that sort of um you know jumpstarted your interest into going to the u s? Did you always plan on, you know, visiting or going to the u
1: s? You know, it's it's funny, and it's an interesting story. i I didn't know I didn't know I was going to obviously end up here, but um I always did really great in in uh, in school. Um, me and my best friend, Sylvia, we would compete for grades and stuff. And we both spoke really good English. And like, he was kind of like the guy that always pushed me to like beat him and he would beat me. And it was, it was pretty awesome having him as the best friend. And he's an attorney now in Zagreb and he went to school in London. But uh, um, I don't know, since I was a kid in the village that, that you know, I would go and, uh, and spend time with my, my uh, grandparents every summer, there was a uh, another couple of families that had also grandkids, but they were, they were from Australia. And when I was little, like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, we would spend summers and I would tell them to speak to me in English because one day I would be in America when I was like seven, like it's, wow. for some reason it was always this thing that I wanted to do. And, you know, when I got married and my wife um, got to go back with me, you know, she's American and we got got to go back. She got to meet the girls, the Julie and Susie that were friends and, um, and they told her they were like do you know that you know when we were little like he would tell us to speak in English is because he was going to be in America one day. and somehow it happened which is crazy but i guess i always thought i was going to end up here for some reason so you know whenever the opportunity came um i guess i just jumped on it
0: hmm. were you like seeing things on you know tv and the media about the us or how did you? How did you, even know? Sort of
1: now, it, you know, I never even I never thought about it. And you know how how it is back home, right? It's a lot about connections and and you know people that you know and stuff. And you know we were we were lower to middle class. You know we didn't really have that much connection to things. You know I was studied hard, so I got into a good school and everything. But when the war started in '91, you know that was obviously tough, right? Living through that when I was 14, 15, 16. You know going to school, and I remember. You know, my my mom uh, worked in uh, um, Savitsa, this one little part, and like there were snipers that you know she had to run to work between cars and stuff. Like that was just reality. Um, but a year before I even thought about the foreign exchange program, I had friends, um, two two people that did a foreign exchange student. One ended up in Maine, and I think one ended up in uh, in Michigan. And did it a year and we, you know, before email and all that stuff, we wrote letters. (laughs) It was was the old school way of communication, but they just had a great experience. And that was the first time that I actually thought this was possible. Um, And, you know, I talked to my parents and I was like, hey, there's this, you know, two friends from our friend group um, are in foreign exchange in America and they're having a great experience and time and everything else. So that's whenever we looked into it. I think I was sophomore um, in high school, so second year. And um and then yeah we we contacted the organization the agency that was doing that and we applied and I know it was a good bit of money for us you know back in that was like middle of the war those you know I think ninety four whenever uh, whenever we applied I ended up going in ninety five right at the it was funny because the it wasn't funny but the war you know ended when I woke up August fifth was kind of like the signing everything my birthday August sixth I woke up and all the Croatian like great songs you know patriotic songs were playing and he was kind of the end of the war my birthday which i was like yay and then august 11th i was on a plane to america like right after the war was over so i was like lived through all that stuff and then then went to one year in high school here huh
0: was it a um i mean obviously you had to get into the program and stuff and you were waiting so that day was already set to leave on the 11th yeah
1: yeah, just you know, I had to buy tickets and stuff. Talk to the organization, talk to the host parents and everything, and uh, um, and then just kind of everything was done. All the paperwork is done, and I I came and uh, to a little little town in West Virginia, which was a blessing in disguise. It wasn't. It was nothing that I ever saw on TV. Let's just put it that way. It was it was like. <laughs> a little little tiny place and I was like and you know, I lived in Zagreb, and we went to all over the place and we went out till you know five, six o'clock in the morning. And then you go into this tiny little town in West Virginia. I was like three thousand people, like nothing, you know, it was just like Dude, it was such a huge culture shock. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> That's not what you expected when, when you thought you oh, were going to the US.
1: Dude, I you know, there was no Schwarzenegger there or any, you know, <laughs> cool people in California or Florida or whatever. So yeah, of course, it wasn't what I expected. But was, was it hard for you at first? Yes, extremely, man. It was uh and it was again like it it was such a crazy experience. So I, I landed in Pittsburgh and this family picks me up and they were just you know interesting people. And I fall asleep in a car and I wake up and there's this, if you know what a double wide or a single wide is in America, it's like pretty much on wheels and it's like tiny little built, not even built thing. And it's just was different, man. I mean, you know, uh, I woke up in the morning and I called my parents, I called the organization, I called my host family, like everybody. I was like, I I, I want to go home. Like, this is awful. I want to go home. Like I, I had, I, I think I've cried the first you know, first day, man, it was it was awful. But then, things happened. I got to meet some people, and and uh, decided that I was going to stay. And um and it turned out to be really a blessing in disguise because there was a a thing that happened um that allowed me to stay here and get a job and all kinds of stuff. Otherwise, I'm I'm not sure that that would have happened anywhere else. Hmm. So, well,
0: yeah, what exactly happened? If you don't mind, you know, going into <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dude. That's that's the reason I'm here. And that's uh, so I, you know, I did foreign exchange. So I did senior year in high school. And in order to, you know, most um, foreign exchange students, they have to come back and finish school in Croatia to get a real diploma because we don't get enough credits um, in America to get a real American diploma. So mm-hmm. because of um, the high school that I went to, we had a whole bunch of English and German and you know uh, French and everything. But then I also trans, um, sent transcripts of the grades in seventh and 8th grade because we had biology, we had chemistry, we had physics, like their high school level, we were learning in seventh and 8th grade. So I, get, I got credit for that. So I had to take uh, extra English class and American history, <clears throat> and I got a real American diploma. So like all the credits, I had enough to graduate, which I was the only one out of 14 um, foreign exchange students that were in a program in our high school. Um, so then I took my ACTs, SATs did really well and applied for colleges, um, and got in, got accepted to multiple schools because of the grades that I had in Croatia and then how I did here. But of course I didn't have any money. You know, my parents were Croatian auto mechanic, auto electrician and a retail worker, uh, so I walked to a restaurant that, that it was a, the best Italian restaurant in in all of pretty much West Virginia. And it was about 10 minutes south from uh, Morgantown, which is uh, WVU, West Virginia University. And uh, I walked in and I asked for the owner. And our owner was Rocco Muriel. Uh, his dad came from Italy on a boat and started this little tiny restaurant. And I said, hey, Mr. Rocco, you know, you don't know me. I'm from Croatia. My name is Daniel. We just finished the war. Um, I'd like to talk to you for a couple of minutes. And he was like, all right. So I went to his office and I said, listen, you know, I want to stay in America. I don't have any money. I don't have a green card. I don't have a work permit. I don't have anything. Um, But I'm the hardest worker you'll ever meet. And here's all my transcripts. Here's my acceptance letters to Fairmont State University, to WVU, to a couple other schools. And I would love for you to consider to give me a job under the table. I'll cook, clean, wait, like do whatever you need me to do for as many hours as you need me to and pay for my school and i'll pay you back with the work that i do and whatever cash i make and the guy looked at me and said okay and that's just um just the fact that somebody would do that for somebody um it always gets me man because you know he didn't have to do that and uh he gave me the job did all the paperwork and everything and uh I worked for him for four and a half years, 60 plus hours a week, every summer. I never went back home. I went one time when my grandpa grandpa passed away and um, graduated with double major with zero debt, paid everything in cash every summer that he paid for school. Um, Met my wife there and it was just, you know, I'm not sure that anywhere else that would have happened. So like I owe my life to that guy, to that man. It's been, you know, it's, uh, that was, that was the reason I'm here.
0: Huh. Yeah. It sounds like that was really, you know, the catalyst for, for everything else yeah. that did happen. I, wouldn't
1: have, I wouldn't have been able to, I don't think I would have been able to stay. And, um, uh, you know, the hardest thing that happened and I'm sure everybody has kind of like a pointer in their life to where they wonder like what, what kind of decision they made and whatever it was, but I went back home that summer and since I was little, my parents always said, Hey, you got to get out of here. You know, post again, post war economy, all that stuff. I actually thought about going to, uh, Vienna university, um, they had an american program there and uh i came home and i said mom dad i did it like they told me like figure out a way to stay and i was like i figured out freaking you know one in a million way way to stay in america and somebody's paying for my school and i got a place and all this stuff and i came back and they said we missed you we don't want you to go we want you to stay in croatia and uh it was man it was the hardest thing I I didn't know what to say. I had a friend that lived in Vienna in Austria. I went to visit her for three days, walked around the streets of Vienna by myself and just thought about like what to do. And I came back to Zagreb and uh, told my parents, I was like, I love you guys, but I can't I can't live with a what if. Like what if I go? What if I do something? What if, you know, I I, I wouldn't forgive myself. Um so I I told them that I had to go so I did. It That's was tough because you know how, I mean, you know how our families are, right? Like we are extremely tight. Everybody's close. We, we, you know, so it was a hard thing to say uh, really was, uh, but I, uh, you know, it just, I think it was the right thing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I want to talk about, um, you know, what developed from that and, you know, the business that you started, which is Squire. Um, but before, you know, I ask about that, I just want to bring up, Um, You know, when you were talking about that's a very old school way, you know, to go up and ask for a job. You know, kids don't do that. People don't do that so much anymore. One term that sort of came to came to my mind um, as you were talking about that is immigrant mentality, because I know about you, you know, Croatian American fighter. That's where I first heard the term. Um, You know, he's got that immigrant mentality, they said. And that's sort of what came to mind when you were talking about, you know, how you ask for the job, working 60 hour weeks, you know, paying your own way, things like that. Do you ever feel like the world is becoming a more uncertain place? With political and economic instability on the rise, it's more important than ever to have a backup plan. That's why you should consider becoming a citizen of Croatia. With Citizen HR, the Croatian citizenship app, you can take control of your future and ensure that you and your family are protected no matter what happens. As a Croatian citizen, you'll have access to a stable and secure country with a growing economy and a high standard of living. But the process of becoming a citizen can be confusing and overwhelming. That's why Citizen HR is here to help. With our wide range of expert guidance and support, you'll have everything you'll need to apply for your citizenship. One user, Mariana, says, I'm so glad I applied for Croatian citizenship when I did. I'm concerned about my family's future in Australia. I can't wait for us all to move to Croatia. Citizen HR made it all a breeze. So, if you're ready to take control of your future and ensure that you and your family are protected, download Citizen HR today. Because at Citizen HR, we believe that citizenship is not just a legal status, it's a huge leap for safety and security. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.citizenhr.app today. Use the code ALLTHINGSCROATIA for 50% off any biography translations you order.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife and I ended up uh, living together our last year in, in school and... Uh, um, you know she can she can attest to like I would work five days a week I took 25 and 26 hours of college credits which is a boatload my last two semesters and like I would work till three o'clock in the morning on papers and everything and then wake up and go to class at eight and all day and then go to work until midnight Um, because I had to close and then back to school and it was just you know there was no other options and I wasn't going to quit I mean that's not an option ever and that really trans kind of transported into my grown-up life because you know I just uh I never ever quit you know measure of a man or a woman is what it takes to stop him and I still haven't found something that stops me so you know when I I'm a big believer I I read about about, uh, a lot and I'm a big believer in mentorship and coaching and everything and uh when I was coming to America uh, I had this eliminated little card that I that I uh, had made and um I read Nietzsche and one of the things that that uh, stuck with me was the the saying of he who wants to fly someday must first learn how to stand and walk and one cannot fly into flying um so that was with me for quite a bit but then since you know as i as i grew up in a business and as i grew up as a man um i have two things now I, my wall is not here i would pull it out but number one is the i will never ever be at work And number two is uh, a measure of a man or woman is what it takes to stop them because you know i think everything is achievable it's just uh, the six inches between our ears is what either stops us or guides us through whatever we're dealing with. And a lot of time people tend to give up too soon, maybe like a day before something was to happen. And I just haven't found a give up yet when it comes to just about anything. Um, and I try to teach that to my kids. So it's I think that's pretty important. You know, even even that first year in, in West Virginia and, and everything, it was easy to quit. It was easy to go back home. but. I just was like, no, there's a reason I'm here. I'm, I'm just going to fight through it. I'm going to work through it. And and um, it turned out to be, you know, absolutely worth it. But it took, it took a lot.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. Well, well tell us what you achieved, you know, with that attitude. Talk about your business, uh, Squire, a little bit. What is it? And why did you start it?
1: So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, so again, it just, you know, I was, I was helped so much when I was in college. I mean, dude, I waited tables and. You know, as the semester would start, I would have people that would come in, and you know, I I, I remembered people's names, I remember what they drink, I remember what they like to eat, so I was just you know very attentive, and I think a great waiter, and I think everybody should do waiting tables for a job. It's a great way to like learn about people and everything, but like there were people that would just show up and be like, hey, here's a you know couple of hundred bucks for books, and here's a you know couple of hundred bucks for like they were just. They were amazing. Like when I, when people found out that I was moving out of this one place into the other and I had, I had no bed, I had no table. I had no nothing. On a Saturday morning, four trucks of customers showed up. They found out where I was going. They called the, they called Rocco and delivered a bed, uh, mattress, table, lamp, chair, freaking all kinds of stuff. And like, just because they knew I was working my butt off to pay for everything. And they just wanted to help. Um, people are amazing, man. If, if, you know, I just, I, I just believe that people are good. So when I looked at what I wanted to do in my life, I wanted to give back. I wanted to teach. I wanted to help. I wanted to empower. So I got into uh, finance <clears throat> for 22 years now. I've been doing personal finance, at, uh, you know, on my own company. But then as I was sitting across from people, you know, America has certain systems and retirement and pensions and investments and insurance and all kinds of stuff. There's just no education whatsoever. So I'm talking to people that are well educated, intelligent, successful, but they just never got any any information that they can make the right financial decisions for themselves. <clears throat> so I started writing curriculum and built Squire. And Squire in medieval times was the guy that would prepare the night for battle. So that's where the you know the name comes from. Um so it's a financial wellness, financial literacy online platform that we deploy as a uh, employee benefit for organizations for their members for their employees. We got lucky. We we uh, uh, have a contract with the United States Air Force, so we are rebuilding and redoing all their financial wellness stuff. You know, little guy from Zagreb and my team are you know taking care of all of the United States Air, Air Force, which is amazing. So it's really a another passion project. I just felt like you know if I live in my passion and I'm really excited about what I do and what I found to be like my kind of biggest value that i can bring i just found that teaching and empowering people is what really excites me so uh, i that's that's what squire is and you know again it goes to uh, that immigrant mentality right i launched the company november 11th of 2019 <laughs> and then you know march 2020 mm-hmm. the whole world shuts down <laughs> and, you know everything goes to crap so like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck? We had great, like three months and it was awesome. And then like zero, man, like just nothing. Um, But again, I was just, you know, working hard and talking to everybody. And I got lucky. I met an amazing investor that saw the value and the benefit and the the potential in the company. And he invested and saved us. And then since then just been working our butts off as a team and just, growing and growing and, and making more impact and it's just been has been uh it's been fun and awesome especially you know as an entrepreneur you never know if things are going to work and but i'm willing to try because you know I, I always tell people they're like you you have like your risk is different you know perception of risk and i was like listen from 14 to 18 I ran from snipers and bombs and Serbians and shit. Like now nobody's shooting at me most of the time, right? Hopefully not in their area. And like, you know, what's the worst that could happen to me? Like I lose some money or something. Like I can always restart. I can always get a job, but like I'm willing to take my life in my own hands and have bring my own destiny because nobody's going to work as hard as I am. And have as much passion about what I'm doing as I am, and building somebody else's life and business and everything compared to building mine. So, you know, I've done the hard part. I left the country that I love. I I, I miss Croatia. I miss Zagreb. I miss you know, Adriatic every day. Um, but I also am lucky enough and and work hard enough that I can go back. And just see my friends and see my family and, and spend as much time there as I can. And that's what I'm working on right now with my coach to, you know, our goal is to be at least month to two in the summertime and be on Brach and Bull and, you know, on the mm-hmm. beach and working a few hours a day. And uh, because you can do that these days, you know, it doesn't matter. Do you, do you I mean, look, where, where are you today?
0: Yeah, well, I'm in Zagreb now, actually. Yeah,
1: and I'm and in I'm Virginia, so it's like, who cares where we are, man? We can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so Squire is definitely a, a passion project that I really want to help people learn what they need to learn and better their lives. That's why mm-hmm. I built it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds awesome what you've been able to accomplish. Um, you mentioned, you know, Croatia and being able to go back and stuff. Have your kids been able to to visit yet?
1: Oh, every yeah, dude, come on! I can't wait. <laughs> the of <two> was <laughs> ask, "Like, where?" So you've knowing? been back. Um, to, uh, oh, <laughs> and so we 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 go we go every year. We I go twice. Usually, I go in uh, January, February, just by myself to be a son, you know, so I can spend time with my with my mom by myself. I don't have to translate. I don't have to you know be a tour guide and all that stuff. Um, so this year was the first year, probably in. 15 years that I wasn't there first of the years is because I had an ACL uh, surgery. You know, now I'm 45. I forgot that I shouldn't be playing basketball with 20-year-olds. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I popped my ACL and I had surgery in February. So I'm just out of like, you know, just doing PT and stuff. But um, say so yeah, this was the first year that I didn't go in January. I usually come January, February for about 10 days. And then summertime, um, like I think, I think I just bought tickets for coming on the 2nd of August and we're staying for three weeks, and, um, you know, we usually spend a little bit of time in Zagreb to see my mom, and and uh, my nephew lives in, in Zagreb, my aunt, everybody, and then uh, we usually go to the beach. My best friend and a whole bunch of friends are in Bol and Baraj, so we always go there for at least a week, and then either, like, rent the catamaran, or or mm-hmm. go somewhere else, because my wife, my wife loves any place on the beach, so she always wants to go somewhere new, so, like, We've never been north. We never, uh, I've never taken her to uh, Istra, um, like to Porto de or something like that. So I'm thinking we might go up there this year. Yeah,
0: I've actually never been either. That's like one of the only, one of the few parts that I have yet to visit, but I've heard it's super underrated.
1: It's it's so funny, man. Like people from Zagreb, we go we go to Zadar or Sibenik or, you know, the islands or whatever. Like we don't really go up to, to Istra. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like all my friends, like everyone's like, why would you want to go to Easter? like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard it's like a hidden gem. I've heard it's super nice. And, you know, I, I definitely want to try this coming summer to go over there.
1: Yeah. I've been to, uh, uh, when me and my wife got married, we did a we did a week, uh, went to Dubrovnik and then drove up the coast and went to Portage for three days. And then went to Venice and then came back. So she's seen Portage, but that was like, you know, 20, 20 whatever, years ago. Um, it's it's nice. It's really nice. It's just a. Uh, I I feel like the weather like 97% of the time is like sunny and awesome because of the the the, the mountains and stuff that protect Zadar and, and Split and all that compared to like you know every time I'm in Croatia, I look at the weather and I'm like, it's kind of crappy up north, it's amazing down here.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you totally. always know
1: you're gonna have great weather.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh Daniel, as we're sort of winding down here to the end of the episode, I got a few more questions, some quick questions. Yep rapid fire to ask you, but before we do that, uh, I want to give you a chance to, you know, shout out, um, you know, your website where people can, you know, find a little bit more about you. If they want to read the book, uh, that you released about, you know, your story, everything like that. If you want to shout those out right now, you can go right ahead.
1: Yeah. The book, the book is, uh, if you look at the, just, and, you know, I just want to touch on the book is it's so dear near to my heart. My, my kids, you know, Saturday mornings, I make Pelachinque with Nutella, of course. And uh my kids were always like, Dad, Dad, you know, how did you come to America? How did you do this? And so one of my friends is a ghostwriter, and I was like, Hey man, we need to we need to write a book just for my kids to learn like where I'm from and how it is. So that's how the book uh became. But uh, I struggle with my with the uh, with the title of the book. And my dad um <clears throat> had a heart issue and and uh he passed away in 2014, sadly. But that summer, I was able to take them. We came back to Croatia with the kids and everything, and we went to Zadar and got awesome apartment and and just you know spent two weeks at the beach with them, which was just a, a blessing. But he and I went and got got some uh, you know some beers and pizza and and we were talking, and he was like, you know, how are you doing? How's everything? Like you look tired and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's just a lot of work. And he was like, Daniel, you did something that one of a million could possibly do. And he was like. You know you you made the impossible happen, so like tomorrow you can wake up and do whatever you want. It's like your life is a blank canvas, like you've done the hardest work already, so just paint the masterpiece for the rest of your life. oh sorry, I miss him a lot. um so that's the that's the title of the book,
0: yeah, I mean there's
1: was... <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh. That's what the, that's what the name of the book came from. And, um, but yeah, I mean, Squire, it's S-Q-W-I-R-E, uh, getsquire.com is the website. And uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's just a passion project. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I think I'm the only Daniel with keep uh-huh. <laughs> on there. It's I'm pretty easy to find when it comes to that. There's not too many of me. Uh, so if anybody wants to look me up, I'm I'm pretty simple to to locate.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you definitely have a story worth sharing. A really you know inspiring, awesome story. Um, before we go, I got a, just a couple of quick questions. If you can answer them in you know a sentence or or two, max. Um, first two non Croatian related okay. questions. Advice for young entrepreneurs, one to two sentences.
1: Just do it take take the step most people have great ideas they have great you know potential and stuff but they're just too afraid of the unknown the unknown is the exciting part and you'll figure out everything and the number two piece of advice is find somebody that's who you want to be later down the road they'll teach you they'll help you they'll they'll identify the problems and the solutions and everything i find so many people don't look for mentors and coaches that's probably the the least utilized resource that's out there, but people are afraid to ask.
0: Oh, good advice. Yeah. Uh favorite book?
1: Favorite book. Um oh man, I read a boatload. I gotta tell you, um Phil Knight, the shoe dog, uh, that book was awesome just to to see somebody as great as the company is today, how close they were to not existing. And again, that that persistence and, and grit and grind and and just never fail that that stuck with me um i enjoyed reading uh elon musk's uh book and how he came to who he was um those are probably the the two of the latest that i've read that have been amazing but i read like two or three a month so there's a bunch
0: <laughs> i actually i read the phil knight i think shoe dog it's called that no, time. Yeah, yeah that's
1: that was, a, a great
0: great book that's a good one yeah uh, two more questions, or three more? Favorite food when you're in Croatia?
1: Cervapi. <laughs>
0: of course. Chivapi, my
1: mom, Sadma, uh, and then my wife. Like, there's just people don't know how good our pizza is. Like, pizza is like the best anywhere I've ever had. It so I know that's not one. Cervapi is like the first, <laughs> right? You have to. I like as soon as I get, I'm like, where are we getting Cervapi from? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. It's hard to pick only one for sure. I think this one I could yeah. probably guess, but Dinamo or Hajduk
1: come on man i almost wore my dinner with shirt today you know yeah
0: uh i should have told you you know you said before i started recording you didn't I know where the checker <laughs> right and uh final question what makes croatia special
1: uh, it's the best place in the world man and i love the fact that you know now these days when people find out where i'm from two word two things that come out of their mouth either oh my gosh i've heard so many things i've seen so many things I can't wait to go or we've been and it's the most beautiful place we've ever been to so it's I I try to explain this to people the our culture our our like my wife you know it took her a little bit to to learn but like in Zagreb or the beach on a Tuesday afternoon you can be a little cafe and somehow you're there two o'clock in the morning the doors are locked the music is blaring and everybody's your best friend it's a party like we're just such passionate nation such passionate people the music is a part of our soul the the adriatic and and so, like there's just so much love and connection and 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 passion in the way that we live life that's hard to explain to people and that's like going back to croatia going back home it, i can't imagine not not going and touching our culture every year—it's just something that my body and my soul misses. Like it's hard to explain to people, but we're just—we're different. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, that's definitely something you have to—to to be here, you know, to experience. Um, yeah, Daniel, you know, I want to thank you again so much for for All coming right. here on the podcast and sharing your story. You know, it was an honor to have you on. uh I was wondering, like if you I
1: said, man, being being one of the people on podcast is awesome. Considering like who else you had, I'm like. Uh, nobody.
0: <laughs> You're up there. You're up there now. No, you've definitely done some <laughs> some incredible things. I appreciate you taking the time. I was wondering if as we uh head out here, if you could show your tattoo on your bicep, you know, real quick. Oh, it's that's one? pretty cool. It's
1: uh, yeah, Croatian quality and then uh glagolica names of my kids, Maya, Noah, and Ella. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome with the old the
0: old script. glagolica that's cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, Daniel, Amen. thank, you, thank so you so much so much.
1: Appreciate it. Have a great weekend.
0: Thank you, you as well.